Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. I don't know if anyone is counting and perhaps if you have children at home, I don't know, they, they might be counting, but there's 21 sleeps wow. until Christmas and there's 28 sleeps until 2023. Ooh, wow. And that also means 28 sleeps until hot cross buns will probably be on supermarket shelves uh. again. <laughs> welcome, just a little reminder there. Oh, uh, but I do enjoy the, the Christmas season. Uh, I like walking through the, the shopping centres and hearing Christian uh, Christmas music. Yes. I like seeing nativity scenes just, you know, dotted around at various places. I enjoy hearing Christmas carols. I like seeing, uh, you know, uh, houses lit up with, with lights and those sorts of things. And uh, I also like how at Christmas you typically gather together, you know, whether it's your, with your work colleagues, family or friends, or like we're doing next week with Carols at Quinn's. And uh, what I like most, of course, though, about this time of year is we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Saviour Jesus. And in Matthew 1.21, the angel visits Joseph and, and says, She, Mary, uh, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. And so we discover hope at Christmas because through Jesus, the promise of God for humanity is revealed. And God sent Jesus to the earth to save us from our sin, our brokenness, and to bring hope and a future for those who put their faith in him. And so when we discover hope, we get a new perspective. Uh, we see differently. We envision a, a future that, that has meaning. We have confidence that even when we go through difficult seasons, you know, we're going to get through that time. In other words, hope is powerful, isn't it? Amen. It's powerful. And... Uh, at one of the schools where I'm a chaplain, a student was referred to me for support. And of course, for the sake of this, I'll uh, call her Rebecca. Uh, uh, Rebecca was, was anxious and disheartened. She was a young girl who was questioning herself, carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders, it would seem. And she had really lost her confidence. And uh, one morning I found her up in the front office, just in tears. She was an absolute wreck. I'd never seen her like this before. I'd known her uh, throughout the years of her time in primary school. And she was really struggling with panic attacks. And they were just having a crippling effect on her physically. And we sat uh, in my office having a chat. And as Rebecca shared this inner anxiety battle she was having and the frustration that she couldn't understand it, I could see just written all over her face, you know, that fear of the unknown, the fear of I've lost control here and I can't do anything about it. Uh, and she was really concerned that these panic attacks weren't gonna go away. And so really what she didn't have was she didn't have hope. And I could see that, it was very obvious. And in the scriptures in Proverbs 13, 12, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. And you know, when we don't have hope, we struggle to have hope. We feel isolated and alone in our battle, we feel unseen. Mm. And the unrelenting hopelessness we experience can really weigh us down. It can, uh, it can really uh, make things seem like we're never going to get through to that kind of very unhelpful thinking that we start to get. And so Rebecca was weary and she was weighed down by a sense of hopelessness. Perhaps uh, we've, uh, sure, not perhaps, we've all been there, haven't we? That sense of hopelessness and at different stages in our life. So as I sat with Rebecca, encountering her discouragement, I tried to speak into a situation as much as I could in my role as a chaplain. Uh, but I told her this will pass. You know, feelings are temporary, they don't last, 
Anxiety goes up, it peaks, but it has to come down. It's a bump in the road. Uh, you're going to get through. And I gave Rebecca some practical tools uh, to help her when she was experiencing these panic attacks. And Rebecca returned to my office over a week later and I saw a different person. Uh, she was smiling, her countenance had become significantly, significantly brighter and lighter, praise God. Mm. And she shared with me she'd received some good news about her health. Uh, she'd been using the tools I had given her and they had worked. And so the tools were helping Rebecca to manage uh, when she experienced these anxious physical symptoms. And so she wasn't, she wasn't feeling any longer like there was no way through. And not all her struggles immediately went away, uh, but now Rebecca felt like there was a way forward. Uh, she felt, she wasn't feeling that same sense of I'm trapped uh, or paralyzed by my anxiousness like she had been previously. Rebecca had discovered hope. And I believe God wants us to discover hope again today yes. in our lives. Because that's why Jesus came, for us to have hope. And, you know, in Rebecca's case, of course, uh, her hope was more based around optimism. Uh, so her, uh, her circumstances improved partly because of the good health report and because she had strategies that worked for her. So naturally she felt better, she felt encouraged. And that's fantastic and I'm, I'm so happy for her that that's the case. But there is a much better hope that we have that only comes from God. That's it. And, uh, and that's biblical hope. And so when I talk about discovering hope today, I'm talking about that kind of hope, biblical hope. The difference, well, optimism is based on circumstance. So it's choosing to see in any situation how things might work out for the best. Uh, biblical hope, of course, on the other hand, is really based on God's faithfulness uh, in the past, bringing hope or kind of that settled assurance for the future. Biblical hope sustains us regardless of the changes in our situations. And we see this expressed especially in the Psalms uh, and Psalms of David, such as Psalm 39, 7. But now, Lord, what do I look for? Ever found yourself asking something <laughs> similar? God, what's going on here? God, are you still there? I'm, what's going, what's happening right now? What do I look for? What's going to happen now, God? My hope is in you. So he has that moment. David has this moment. What do I look for? I'm, the situation is happening around me, not, not looking too good. What do I look for? That's right. My hope is in you, God. My hope is in you. Yeah. And so that's really, I, I think that scripture is amazing. The more I meditate on it, uh, what, what we can get just from that one, one verse is incredible. And in the Old Testament, there were, uh, or there are, I should say, two main Hebrew words for hope, yakal and kavah. And these words are about waiting and expectation of God himself. In Old Testament, believers were encouraged to wait for God, hopefully and expectantly. And so Psalm 130 verse 5, I wait, or kavah, for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word, I put my hope, or I put my yakal. It's mm. so putting our hope in God means we trust in his character and his faithfulness. And when we do this, we receive his promise. His promises like those in Isaiah 49, 23. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Let's make it clear. That doesn't mean that we won't ever feel disappointed by the situation. But in him, we won't be disappointed because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. 
In the New Testament, the Greek word used for hope is elpis, and the Apostle Peter uses this word to describe a living hope. 1 Peter 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So in the New Testament, hope now centers in on one person, Jesus Christ. Christ. And when Jesus was born that first Christmas day, God opened the way for a new hope. Amen. And the angels announced so the birth of this new hope, the promised yeah. Messiah, to a group of shepherds in Luke 2.14. Mm-hmm. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, God's way for this new hope, Jesus, to enter the world and rescue humanity didn't really look the way many thought in that time would look. And I don't mm. think sometimes it even looks the same as what we might think yeah. either, especially if we were coming to it as, as new believers. Uh, Jesus' earthly mother, uh, Mary, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, was a carpenter. When they weren't people of exactly prominent position or status in society, uh, they were from Nazareth, Nazareth up to that point, a, a little-known village. And, and Jesus was born in a stable amongst the animals. <laughs> it's not exactly the starting point one might expect for the saviour of the world. <laughs> when Jesus began his ministry in, the early, in his early 30s, he surprised many as he healed the sick on the Sabbath. He mm. calms storms with his words. Mm. Uh, he ate in the home of sinners mm. and he washed his disciples' feet. Mm. He proclaimed his identity as the Messiah and he preached a message of salvation through faith. The religious leaders were so offended by this, they were so threatened that they had him arrested and they crucified him, Mm. even though he had committed no crime. He was buried in a tomb. Where was hope? Mm. At this point, where was hope? If I put myself in the shoes of Jesus' followers right in that moment in history, I think it would have been pretty hard to discover hope, right? But after three days, God reveals something extraordinary, Mm. an empty tomb, and a risen Jesus. Yeah, you know, many of God's people thought Jesus was going to be a military figure who would rise up. You know, their hope was uh, in a notion that the Messiah would, would save them from the hands of the Romans with physical strength and power. Yet Jesus came as a humble servant whose life started off in a dirty stable <laughs> and ended on a cross when he willingly gave his life for our sake. Yeah. And so we discover hope when we lay down our human expectations and our limited understanding of God and his ways and we take a hold of Jesus in our hearts the living hope made available for all so good we discover hope when we look to Jesus as our Savior the Messiah the Lord we discover hope when we look forward with expectation of how God will move in our lives by remembering the evidence of God's faithfulness in the past Christmas is evidence of God's faithfulness. Jesus coming to this earth points to a loving God who desires to have a personal relationship with us. The birth of Jesus is the birth of hope for you and for me. And through Jesus we have freedom from sin and we have the promise of an eternal relationship with God. We can't get a hope that's better than that and we certainly are not going to get it out there in the world. We can only get it through Jesus Christ. Preach it. So with that in mind, as we reflect on the birth of Jesus this Christmas season and we look towards 2023, I think it's helpful for us to ask 
how hopeful am I right now? And I actually want you to rate it just in your own, in your own mind from a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being, I'm the most hopeful that I've ever been. <laughs> I am waiting on God with anticipation and expectation uh, to one which is I am under an unrelenting sense of hopelessness. I want you to be honest with yourselves because God already knows anyway. Uh, where am I in this scale? 1 to 10. 10 is, you know, unbelievable. 1 is struggling. And it's okay wherever you are too, my dad. God already knows. <laughs> I believe as we discover hope together through Jesus today, you know, there are three key principles he wants to remind us of. And so I want to encourage us to take a hold of these today because when we grasp and hold tightly to principles that are founded on the word of God, our hope is not easily diminished. God's truth is, is a stepping stone for us to discover hope and continue to hold on to it, no matter what might be happening around us. Yeah. And so firstly, we are not alone. Come on. We are not alone. Okay. The enemy knows it's hard for us to discover hope when we're believing that we're alone, mm. or when we isolate ourselves from our church community. So if we think we're alone, we begin to believe that nobody cares or nobody understands what we're going through in a particular season. And the enemy then uses that isolation to heighten uh, that sense of loneliness and being misunderstood. So true. Hopelessness. Yeah. But Jesus has placed each of us into a church family and we need each other. And I was thinking this morning, uh, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for my church family growing up. It wasn't for this church family here and, and others that have come in between. I, I, I don't know what I would have done. It's just made everything in life so much more fulfilling. Uh, it's helped me through difficult times. It's given me stability and a belonging. And, and that's just in the church community. And then you've got your relationship with Jesus. So it's really a powerful thing, community. Yeah. And our church community and God's word reminds us of this truth that we are not alone. After his resurrection, Jesus gave a final encouragement to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mm. You know, Jesus' disciples, they've been on quite the roller coaster ride. <laughs> they believed Jesus to be the Messiah who would save them and save the world. They watched him perform miracles and minister to thousands. Mm. But then they saw him arrested crucified and buried in a tomb and then three days later Jesus is alive and he's reappearing to them and now Jesus is in front of them promising them that he'll be with them always but he's not going to physically be with them it's <laughs> huh? a bit confusing maybe so they go from discovering hope to hope being crushed to hope restored to hope seemingly being taken away have you ever experienced that that sense of like hope you feel like hope's been taken away from you what hope do we have if Jesus leaves us now? What hope do I have if God isn't with me? These are the kinds of things that I think start to play over in our, in our mind. And sometimes it's, you know, in the waiting, we're waiting to hear from God. We're waiting for God to move in a particular situation. We feel alone as though hope is being taken away. Do you really care what happens to me, God? We might say. It's a bit like the disciples on the boat with Jesus in Mark 4. Storm is raging around them. The boat is being swamped with waves. And meanwhile, Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> and the disciples wake him and they say, don't you care if we drown? <laughs> Can we hear ourselves in these words? <laughs> Are you there, God? <laughs> mm. 
even aware of my situation? What do I look for, God? You know, sometimes we become we become really focused on what we don't have that we lose hope. And wow. we forget to focus on what we do have. Come on. We forget to focus on Jesus, that we yes. have Jesus, that we have his promises to us that right. cannot fail. Come on. And you cannot, you cannot, like the word of God cannot fail. Yes. It is truth. Yes. And it is final. Yes. It is absolute. Yes. And so it's funny how it's so easy in our humanness to look away from that which is secure, where we put our focus and our hope in something that isn't, which is our circumstances. Because yeah. that, that will always be there. You know, that will always be changing and fluctuating. You know, but and so if our focus is in that space, we miss out on what the really important thing is, which is what our hope should be in. You know, and it should be in Jesus. Yeah. We want to be focusing on Jesus. And so when he told his disciples, well, I am with you always, he was promising them that they would discover hope because even in the challenges and the struggles, he would be with them. How? That he's going up to heaven. How? Through the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's presence alive in human hearts through Jesus' gift of salvation. So Jesus didn't leave the disciples with nothing. In fact, he'd already promised them in John 15, 26, and I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. Wow. He will come to you, the spirit of truth, emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. So the disciples weren't left alone to muddle through their faith walk on their own. Through Jesus, the spirit of truth was poured into their hearts to help them to discover hope, even in their darkest moments, their deepest valleys. And just as it was for them, it's actually the same for us now. We are never alone because Jesus lives in in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And at Christmas, we're reminded that Jesus is our Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the next time you hear yourself thinking, well, do you really care what happens to me, God? You need to talk back to that lie and say, my Jesus says, I am with you always. To the very end of the age, I am Emmanuel. I am with you 100% of the time. But the very, to the very end of the age. And so we discover hope every time we remind ourselves, Jesus will always be with me. Right. Jesus will always be with us. Isn't that amazing? It is. The rest of our lives, we will never have to ever think for a moment he's not with us. He is with us. And it's not based on feeling. It's based on who he is. And so that's why when you get these feelings, these emotions and these these thoughts that I don't line up with the word of God, that's why we've got to combat it with the tr- what is true. Because God, and Satan knows, he knows our weaknesses. And so we can discover hope by looking again to his truth, the truth of God. Secondly, there is a plan for our lives. Hallelujah. Who likes, to, who likes the sound of that? There is a plan. There is a plan in motion from the beginning to the end. And everything in between. God has a plan for our, each of our lives. And that's one of my favorite phrases, actually, that I've seen to have adopted. I don't know if it's probably someone else's. I don't know. But anyway, I often say God is in the details of our lives. He knows what he's doing. Uh, we discover hope when we're obedient to his word and his leading. And we're trusting in his divine plan. And it's not when we're not kind of wandering off on our own path, thinking we know better. And, you know, I've really had to navigate, uh, I guess, this, this aspect, uh, building my first home, uh, as a lot of you have been walking that road with me. And it was really a huge leap of faith for me uh, with a lot of unknowns. But 
God really made it clear that owning a piece of land and building a house was part of his plan for me. Yeah. And uh, that really happened partly when I discovered that my client sales representative from my building company was a spirit-filled Christian. Yeah. And, you know, unbeknown to me, uh, he'd been praying. So I didn't know that this was happening, but again, God knows, right? Mm. God is in the details of our lives, even before we're aware. Yeah. Unbeknown to me, uh, this, this client... Uh, representative had been praying for the right block of land for me since we'd met and he prayed over the land that uh, it eventually became mine and of course since then it's been a, a lengthy process <laughs> and it's sort of thrown me into the world of firsts and uh, many delays and setbacks and rising interest rates and graffiti and all sorts of things and so there have been times when I suppose you could say it's been difficult to kind of discover hope or to keep that sense of hopefulness about it yeah. uh, times when I doubted and maybe you've gone through something similar, maybe not in that context, but I'm sure another one. And uh, we read verses like, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And yet it can feel a bit like Groundhog Day sometimes, can't it? Uh, whether we, we're waiting for things to shift in our marriage, or it's our finances, our work situation, it's in our health, it's in our children's lives. You know, what's the plan here, God? Uh, where is hope in this? I'm not really seeing or I'm not getting the picture. What am I missing? And you might have experienced thoughts like that even recently. And the challenge is when we wait day after day and the circumstance doesn't change, you know, we, we can be tempted to take our focus off the one who holds our lives mm. in his hands, leading to those feelings of hopelessness. And it's yeah. really only by turning our attention back to Jesus that we discover hope. Yeah. Uh, and, and so every time we do this, we're not now placing our hope, like I said earlier, not placing your hope in the situation on a particular outcome, we're placing it on Jesus uh, because we're leaning on the divine plan that is known far ahead of time. We discover hope when we let scriptures like Psalm 33:11 to kind of dial down our doubts, our fears, our hopelessness. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Oh, the purposes wow. of his heart through all generations. Hallelujah. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. And so God has a plan yes. for the whole world. Romans 8. 21 speaks about that, but also for us individually. And again, gosh, the Psalms are awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Psalm 139, 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So we don't know exactly what's ahead. None of us do. We don't know the exact timeline for our lives but we discover hope as we trust in our god whose divine plan for our lives and the whole of creation stands firm forever Amen. we can hope in that yeah. because it is firm forever it's not temporary circumstances are temporary you know they'll always be around but they're still temporary they move they fluctuate yeah. but god's word stands forever yes. and his plans are eternal so hallelujah so we're not alone and there's a plan for our lives, and we are hope bringers. Great. Everyone say, I am a hope bringer. I am a hope bringer. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are filled with supernatural joy yeah. when we discover hope through Jesus. And that's not to be confused with Happiness is a temporary feeling. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the assurance of an abundant, eternal life through the work of the cross. External circumstance and feel-good emotions can't bring that kind of settled assurance. We can go be going through the most 
awful situations and still discover hope because we can trust that God is in control and he knows what's happening before we do. We are also filled with supernatural peace and some people spend their whole lives searching for inner peace in the external world, but the world's peace is fleeting and it changes. Mm. Uh, and God's peace is permanent yeah. and it doesn't rely on us. That's good Praise news. God. <laughs> uh, it relies on who he is. Yeah. And so through Jesus' birth and death and resurrection, we see that God keeps his word. He healed, heals our brokenness. Jesus came into the world to be the prince of peace, yeah. as he's described in Isaiah 9. And the thing about supernatural joy and peace filling our lives is there's a byproduct to being filled. And Paul describes it here in this verse in Romans as being an overflow. Like when we discover hope, it kind of bubbles up in us to the point where we just can't contain it. It's got to come out. Mm. And so hope can burst out of us in encouraging words or might be a calm demeanour in the face of conflict or the reassuring voice of wisdom in complex situations. It could be the soothing voice in times of, of grief and loss, so many things. Mm. Uh, just on Friday, I was um, walking past a student at school and uh, we had a, a concert on Friday night. and. Uh, the student says, oh, Miss Eden, uh, I'm really nervous, nervous about my performance. And I said to him, you know, oh, don't, I said, try not to worry about it. I said, you're going to be great. You're going to be fantastic. And so have confidence, you know, believe in yourself. It's going to be an awesome evening. And as I kept, we were sort of doing it in passing a bit. And as I walked off, he said, oh, Miss Eden, how, you're really good at that. How do you do that? You're really good at that. And I didn't get to really kind of, I just said something that I was kind of in a rush and I said, oh, you know, just a bit of practice and kept walking. Uh, and, but as I've reflected on that, you know, I thought, wow, it's, I mean, I wasn't talking about Jesus, but it's something in me, you know, that's able to bring that encouragement. Certainly not me. It's the grace of God in me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in me that can do that. You know, and I thought, wow, you know, I'm not speaking specifically about Jesus, but I'm bringing hope to that student who just needed a bit of encouragement, just needed a bit of uh, reassurance that he could do that, that he was capable. And uh, a simple conversation, but, you know, it can, can have a big impact. Yes. And uh, I made it my mission in my conversations with Rebecca, who I mentioned earlier, to speak hope into her life, into her anxiousness. I get a lot of year six students, year six students, I get a lot of year sixes in term four, because uh, they've got all sorts of stuff happening before they go to high school. And it's, I love it. It's such a great opportunity for me to just... And God often says to me when they come, he's like, Eden, you just got to pump them up. Just just give them encouragement. They just need to know that it's going to be okay. They need to know that there's, there's hope ahead. They just, so just pump them up. So I just throw everything I can at them in terms of encouragement. I just try to build them up uh, when they're with me. So I can't speak about Jesus, but... Because Jesus lives in me by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can impart hope to them. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what you're doing for work or what your role is in life, you're a mum or a dad, wife, husband, brother, sister, colleague, boss, uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a hope bringer. Newsflash, you are a hope bringer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of you can see, you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Eden, I'm a hope bringer. You are a hope bringer because Jesus lives in you. So of course you're a hope bringer because if he's the hope of the world, then you and you're you're following him, you're giving your heart to Jesus, then you're a hope bringer because he lives in you. And that's awesome because guess what? You get to now partake 
in the mission that Jesus started when he was on the earth. And now we now carry that through in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that this week you're going to be bringing hope to people. You're going to be having conversations with people that are going to speak into their situation. You're going to have the exact words that people need this week. And it's going to be something that's not, you might not even recognize it. You think, whoa, where did that come from? And it's going to look different because we all are different. You know, I know I have a gift of encouragement. So for me, the words, the words aspect of that kind of just comes out very naturally. But some people have an amazing hospitality gift. I'm marrying her beautiful food that she does. And so people have hospitality gifts that can also bring hope in certain situations. You know, people have other giftings that can really minister. Uh, it might just be that you're a bit of a peacemaker in really difficult scenarios. Or you're reassuring someone. So there's lots of different ways that hope takes form in us through our unique personality and our giftings. And so who can you bring hope to this week? Who can you help discover something of the hope of Jesus this Christmas season? Is there someone God wants you to invite to Carol's at Quinn's? Can I have the keys up, please? When we discover hope, what we get in return brings so much to our lives. Yeah. We're secure in who we are in Jesus. We can walk out our faith and our calling with greater confidence. We have a weapon against the enemy's advances. Mm. And even when we are discouraged, we don't give up. Mm. Because we're, we have a firm foundation. Right. And no matter the circumstances, we're able to experience a rest and a peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding. I'm not making this stuff up. This is the word <laughs> of God. And it says that, that it will surpass all understanding. You can only get that in Jesus. You're not going to get it in the world, right? And when we discover hope, there's also a calling to carry that hope with us and share it with others. And I'm excited because I really believe that you're going to have encounters this Christmas season with people. You know, specific things, specific people and specific things that are going to happen as you interact and kind of talk about the hope that you have in the Christmas season. And so I just want to take a moment to pray with us all. Uh, so I just invite you to close your eyes. And uh, I shared today on sort of three principles. You know, we're not alone. God has a plan for our lives. And about the reality that we are hope bringers as followers of Jesus. And I just want to, I want to believe that God right now is, is going to give people a fresh injection of hope. And so if there's a particular area, in, in whether it's yeah one of those things or it might be something different entirely, but I just want you to, in a moment, uh, when I ask you to, I just want you to lift your hand if you just want a fresh injection of hope today. Uh, so if that's you, one, two, three, just lift up your hand. If you're needing a fresh injection of hope, that's awesome. Lots of hands raised. You put those down and just maybe hold your hands out in front of you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you are the hope of the world. I thank you that you came so that we might discover hope. I thank you that through your birth, that hope has been birthed in us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now, a fresh injection of your hope will be imparted into each and every heart. Each and every hand that's held out in front of you would be tangibly experiencing right now the hope that only comes from you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray you would help each of us today to take our focus off the situation and that we would turn our focus to you, Jesus, because you are the King of hope. There is no greater hope than you. 
And so I thank you that today we are discovering hope afresh. That this Christmas season, that something of your hope is going to really be rebirthed in us and renewed in us. I thank you that we're going to be reminded this Christmas season we are not alone. You know, if you've been struggling with hopelessness, I just declare right now that during the week, you're going to sense like never before his nearness to you. If you've been struggling to really see God's plan for your life, I pray that you would have clarity this week, that he knows exactly what he's doing in your life. And he knows exactly how to bring about his divine plan for your life. And he's calling you to trust in him afresh today. He's calling you to put your hope not in that situation, but in him. He's saying, my hope is, put your hope in me. I, I will not disappoint you. I also want to pray right now for that fresh injection of hope uh, into heart so that uh, you'll feel so filled up that when you go out during the week, you would bring hope to others. You're a hope bringer. Don't doubt it. You are a hope bringer. If you know Jesus, then you know a hope that can change life. It transforms lives. And so I thank you that this week and during this Christmas season, Lord Jesus, you are sending us to specific people with specific needs. I thank you that we're going to have words of encouragement. We're going to be peacemakers that bring hope. We are going to be people who will even uh, calm conflict with our presence. And so I thank you that we are hope bringers. Lord Jesus, come and have your way in our lives this Christmas season. May hope be restored today. For those that have really felt like they've lost it, may it be restored right in this moment. And may we hold on to hope. May we declare our hope is in you, Jesus. We give you all the honour and the glory and the praise. You're worthy, Jesus. Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise here this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.